Welcome to Classical Music, The Stories. Hello everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Classical Music, The Stories. This week we return to the orchestral music scene, and we move to the British composer Edward Elgar. And uh, the piece I've chosen by him is his Enigma Variations, Opus 36. Um, and it's quite a quite an interesting piece in many ways because of what it all represents. Um, but it's also a piece I hold very dearly to my heart. And the reason for that is because it was the first... It was part of the programme of my first ever youth orchestra course. And for that reason, it'll always have that special place in my heart. And I have the special connection to it. Um, and I love talking to people about it because there's so much in it. Um, to start off very basic, it is 14 variations on a theme. So all in all, 15 small-ish segments of music, all based around one theme, which Elgar wrote himself. And this is the, the catch. Every variation is linked to a person that Elgar knew, a friend of his. Each segment tells... A story, or I suppose if you're an artist, paints a portrait of that person. Um, Elgar wrote himself on um, on top of the score, the full score, when he finished it. He wrote the dedication as, To my friends pictured within. Um, that's the, de- 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 uh, the dedication um, who he wrote it for. He wrote it for his friends, who he wrote about in his music. Um, it would be the equivalent of an, uh, a writer writing um, a massive description piece in the middle of a book or an artist um, painting a portrait of a person to show how they were. It's exactly like that but in music, which I really like. Um, Elgar then said himself, uh, he wrote the programme notes for a 1911 performance um, and he wrote each variation contains a distinct idea founded on some particular personality or perhaps on some incident known only to two people. Essentially um, an inside joke, I guess. Um, and also how it's not um, exactly the person, per se, it's more what the person is in his life, how it, how it fits in into his life. And these people could be anything. Um, for example, he did his wife, he did a, a viola pupil of his, a very good critic friend. He also did the church organist. Um, and then, depending on how these people were, like certain habits or characteristics... Um, he might have um, a laugh in one of them. In one of them, uh, it's a, a very posh lady who um, goes to lots of lunch clubs and he puts in this kind of ha-ha-ha-ha laugh in it. And then you have um, the intermezzo, which includes music that sounds a bit like a stutter because the uh, friend he was talking about there, Dora Penny, had a stutter. And then in other cases, it might just be an event in one case, um, he writes uh, music that should fit a dog falling into a river. Um, and not necessarily about the person. This is the church organist's um, variation. It talks about his dog, a bulldog, falling into a river. And the music is supposed to represent that. Um, or even a memorable conversation. For example, in Nimrod, which is the most famous um, of the variations, he writes about a really very good critic friend of his, um, Augustus Jaeger. Um, and he it's... Um, he wrote then, afterwards, to sort of give the audience some kind of explanation, he wrote that they had a very, very interesting conversation at some point, the two of them, where they were discussing the works of Ludwig van Beethoven. And then Elgar also writes that in the very beginning of Nimrod, he quotes the um, 
piano sonata number eight, second movement um, of Beethoven's, um, but not a quote, more of a hint, as he said himself. Um, it's not supposed to be obvious, and um, to be perfectly honest with you, I can't hear it, but maybe someone else can. Um, the fact that he called the theme Enigma, the Enigma variations, Enigma meaning um, something that's unknown or hidden, would that mean that there is a hidden melody in the theme? Uh, I mean, this is a secret that Elgar took to his grave. No one knows exactly where this theme came from. Um, it's believed that he uh, he played it on the piano after a long day of work when he came home, and his wife quite enjoyed it. And uh, and that's where that theme came from. That's all there is to it. But then the fact that he called it Enigma. Is there supposed to be some kind of musical message, or is there something else to do with his life in it? One of my favourite theories is... Um, he lived uh, for the most part of his life in a place called Malvern, which is up by uh, Worcestershire or Herefordshire in England. And there, it's, a, it's very famous for its hills. There are a lot of beautiful, wonderful hill, hilly walks there to do and lots of beautiful hills. Um, and one of the theories is that the way the, the theme works da, 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 is based on the height of those hills. Um, the order in which they go up and down and further up and then further down and that way I that's my favorite um, that's my favorite uh, conclusion as to what the enigma variations might actually mean um, also quite quite an important point about the enigma variations is that it instantly established Elgar's international reputation um, up to now he'd been uh, a national composer in England but this really boosted his fame um, so I obviously can't do all the Enigma variations. The entire piece, when played, takes about 36, 38 minutes, up to 40 sometimes. So um, so I chose one variation, and uh, the variation I chose is the most interesting to me. Um, and the reason for that is because it's not Elgar's friend, it's himself. It's uh, a self-portrait, if you will. He's This is how he views himself this music um the initials he um entitled every single um, variation with initials the initials of that person or sometimes just a name um in this case it is e d and u um and the reason for that is because of what his wife called him his pet name um edu which comes from the german eduard which is of course the german version of edward um so this is his variation um, the finale to the entire Enigma Variations, of course, it's a very loud and crashing and banging and beautiful, regal end to the piece. Um, and fair enough, he, he obviously viewed himself in a in a very good light. He And of course, that's brilliant. He liked himself. A lot of composers didn't. They thought they were crap. So, um, yeah, it's it's his, um, his variation. And another a musical point of this now is that he quotes his wife. Um, and his critic friend, as in the fact that the um, the music to their variations is heard again. Um, for example, here is his wife, if you don't know it already. That's beautiful music. And here is the tune, um, if you don't know it already, of the most famous variation, Nimrod, which depicts his critic friend. 
and yeah, that's Nimrod. It's uh, it's of course very quiet at that point. Um, it does build up hugely to its its incredible finale uh, before it goes very quiet again. It's a wonderful piece. Um, but these are um, it's very clear where his wife comes back in. His wife, by the way, um, is C A E. That's the first variation, and her full name was Caroline Alice Elgar, whereas he called her Caris. Um, but uh, this these two tunes come back in this final uh, variation. And the reason for that is because Elgar reasons that they were the biggest influences on his life, um, which I think is really beautiful. And uh, it's also just a lovely way of showing his gratitude to them by, uh, by re-quoting them, by bringing them back, by uh, showing that in his own variation, while it's all very loud and regal and major and brilliant music, he still... Um, He's still very grateful for his friends and his family. And that's what I love about it. The original version of this variation was um, originally 100 bars shorter. It was much shorter when he first performed it in February of 1899. Sorry, no, June 1899. Then, um, then Jaeger, the guy who's quoted in this variation and also has his own variation, Nimrod, he um, it was a very critical friend, it must be said. Uh, he, but I, there's something I think that uh, Elgar liked about that. I think Elgar valued this criticism beyond all else, and he listened to his comments more than anyone else's, which of course made him a very important friend to him. Um, but it was him that urged him to make it longer. So he did. He made it 100 bars longer. He also added an organ part, which comes in at the very end, not always played, of course, um, because not all places have an organ. But um, the final version, which was completed um, just before September, was performed with Elgar himself conducting the performance um, on September the 13th, 1899, at the Worcester Three Choirs Festival, which is very, very close to where he lived in Malvern. Um, uh, I've, yeah, I've already explained where the theme came from. Um, where it went from there, literally the short version is he played the melody that his wife liked, he improvised on it, um, kind of reflecting the moods of certain people he knew, he orchestrated it, and ta-da, the Enigma Variations. And, of course, the Enigma Variations, as I said, achieved international fame. Um, it went all over the place, um, from St. Petersburg in Russia, then not called Russia, of course. Um, uh, it was particularly um, loved by... Nikolai Rimsky-Korsakov and Alexander Glazunov. They loved that piece immensely. And it also was performed in New York under the baton of none other than Gustav Mahler himself. Um, and fair enough, it's a wonderful piece of music. And if you have the time, I highly recommend that you listen to the full thing. Um, with, of course, uh, a guide in front of you to tell you exactly what each person is. And then you can try and work out is this does this music reflect that character? Is this um, is this right? And that's always a fun game to play. So that is Elgar Enigma variations, in particular, the fourteenth variation E D U. So that brings me to the end of this week's podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget that you can find me on Instagram at classical music underscore insta. I'm on Facebook and, of course, email classicalmusicstories at gmail.com. We now hear the full um, 14th variation, the variation 
entitled by the composer's nickname EDU, um, performed by the BBC Symphony Orchestra and conducted by Leonard Bernstein, who also performed in the little excerpts I put into this episode. Thank you very, very much for listening, and I will see you all next week.